2: This content may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion
3: advised. It was an animal-like terror unlike anything I've ever felt, but I found myself having to actively fight for control and an impulse not to go out to see it.
1: Smiling the ugliest and most unsettling smile I've ever seen. We looked around and saw the red truck pulled behind the gas station with our bikes right next to it.
3: From Disturbed Media. Join your host, Chad, for true tales of horror, bizarre happenings, and unexplainable events. This
0: is Disturbed.
4: Welcome back in everyone and thanks for joining me. This week, I'm bringing you three true tales and a listener voicemail that will frighten and disturb. So sit back and listen close as we dive into the horror. Before we get into the episode, I wanted to mention that we are now in the process of releasing our entire catalog of episodes over on YouTube. During the rest of October, we'll be gradually releasing our back catalog of episodes right up to our most recent. And once we've finished with that process, we'll be releasing each new episode there weekly on Thursdays, just like the podcast. So do us a big favor, head over and subscribe to the channel. Share it with your horror-loving friends and family. It's a great time of year to get new people discovering the show. You can find the channel at youtube.com slash at or search Disturbed True Horror Stories in the YouTube search. You'll see our familiar artwork. Click that subscribe button to help us grow on a new platform. And one last thing on that front, starting in November, we'll be doing a premiere watch party Thursday evenings on YouTube, where that Thursday's new episode will premiere on YouTube, and you can listen along and even join in on the live chat with other listeners and fans, and even yours truly. So don't miss out, go subscribe today, youtube.com slash at Now then, moving right along. We open the show hearing from Reddit user 800 nico 8 featuring voice work by Matt Bradford, and we meet the Gray Man.
3: I moved to a rural area of the North Georgia-Alabama Mountains. Sand Mountain was the name of the place. It was connected to Dade County, Georgia, but right over the state line in Higdon, Alabama. And I was around 8 years old. And when I first got there, it was a total culture shock, having moved from a large urban area in the southwest. I mean, I vividly remember driving through the virtual sea of green right outside of Atlanta. The novelty of the trees soon wore off, though, and I dove back into a book to stave off the boredom of a long drive to my new home. At some point, I started to feel really uneasy, so I told my mom. She wrote it off as a symptom of a major life change or something to that effect. I did my best to just accept it as nothing more than that. The anxiety and sense of oppression got a lot worse. It seemed to me that the heavy feeling directly correlated to the proximity of my new home. That was a feeling that I would live with for more than a decade. I would soon find out that it was nothing in relation to what I would soon experience. I can't say how long it was until it started, but... You know, it had to be a few months after we moved in to a little trailer at the end of the long driveway in the clearing of the woods. Our closest neighbor was well over a mile away. My room was on the opposite end of the trailer as my mother and her husband's room. I had a huge bay window, which, you know, will be important in a minute. So it all kind of started one odd night. I couldn't sleep despite being tired from exploring the acres of wood that I now resided in. So I'm I'm lying there watching Cartoon Network in the dark, trying to fall asleep. And then suddenly, you know, I'm not there anymore. I'm deep in the woods in the southeast of the property. This was a place that I had been to before, but I recognized it. It was just I was someone else. It was just the strangest feeling, like being a passenger in something else's mind. Seeing through their eyes, but having no control, you know, just along for the ride. It was disorienting to say the least. And it exponentially worsened when whatever it was started to move. This thing ran at an unnatural speed. It was predatory, precise. It kind of reminiscent of the way an animal would stalk its prey, you know, darting from cover to cover, tree to tree. It was a blur, until it stopped again, which gave me just enough time I needed to regain my bearings as much as I was able. I mean, th- this experience only lasted a few seconds. And then i snapped back into my own body again which was lying in bed man it was such a strange feeling and i didn't want to even think about it i didn't want it to be real but the next night though it happened again and the next and the next and after a few days i realized that each time it was happening for longer whatever it was it was allowing me to see through it for longer and longer each night I can't say how long this lasted, but it was long enough to be a commonplace event every night. One night I was coming up to the clearing that the trailer was in. All the while I'm I'm realizing this through my consciousness, which was in this creature's mind, and I started feeling this sense of all-consuming dread rise up within me, worsening with every breath and every step I was taking. A quick note, I mean, thinking back on this, this this thing didn't seem to operate in any sense of time or space that we're accustomed to. It would just pick up every night in the same place that I left it. But I I didn't think it was frozen there waiting for me each night. I think it was playing some kind of game or something like, you know, when an orca plays with a seal or a cat with a mouse. As as my terror reached a crescendo, I, I was suddenly ejected back into myself. I don't know if I did it or it killed whatever link it had made or what, but it was different this time. I sat up straight in my bed and turned toward the window. I just knew that it was there and that it was just a few feet away from the tree line. As much as I didn't want to, I still gathered myself up and looked out that bay window at the tree line. Yeah, it was there, leaning from behind a large tree right at the edge of the woods. It was very tall, and its skin was taut like it was stretched over its bones. But I don't really remember any detail of its skeletal anatomy. All its features were grotesquely elongated, like they were stretched out purposely. It had long, quad fingers that curled around into the common sign that you would use to beckon someone closer to you. And its face was large but humanoid, but with that same stretched-out look. It had a smile that was impossibly wide and long, sharp teeth, skinny and needle-like. Its eyes were really big, even for its size. It just stood there staring at me through my window, cocked its head and motioned for me to come to it. I call it the Grey Man, although it had no discernible gender. It was an animal-like terror unlike anything I've ever felt, but... I found myself having to actively fight for control and an impulse not to go out to see it. It was like it could compel me to go with it to the forest. After what seemed like forever, I was able to pull myself away from the window and crawl back into bed. All I could do for the rest of the night was wait for it to get tired of waiting and decide to come to me. It never did. And when the sun finally came out, I couldn't feel it anymore. This was the new normal for me. Almost every night, it would come back and wait and watch. The compulsion lessened eventually, though, which was the only real silver lining. I stopped sleeping a lot and would spend the nights in the living room as much as I could, which wasn't often. After quite some time of living with this thing appearing all the time in different places, it got closer at night. I don't have a total memory of this night exactly, I guess, or I should say that I don't have a complete memory. I think I gave it away or something else. After being plagued by this thing for quite a while, it was really getting to me. I wasn't sleeping, which affected lots of my other areas of life. I mean, this, in connection with the tumultuous environment, was quickly pushing me to the breaking point. One night, I woke to this thing, something different, perched on the bottom railing of my bed. The, you know, the only way I can describe it was kind of like the fawn from Pan's Labyrinth. It looked much different than that character, but. It's as close to an analogy as I can come up with. It told me that it would get rid of the Gray Man, but for a price. The fawn had a different energy to it than the Gray Man did, but I didn't think that it was something of good intent. It was almost a mild, predatory opportunism at best. I was, however, desperate and exhausted, so whatever it wanted from me, whatever price it required, I paid it. It did indeed keep up its end of the bargain until I ended up accidentally opening up the door for this thing to re-enter some years later. My life did return to a kind of normal.
2: You're listening to Disturbed from Disturbed Media.
4: Next up, we check in with Reddit user MaddieMoo55, featuring voice work by Tanya Eby, and we're convinced we're being followed.
1: I was watching YouTube videos about this subreddit, and I realized that I have a perfect story for it. This happened about a week ago, so I had biked to school with my best friend. We were going to stay after school to work on a project together... So, it worked out. On our bike ride home from school, we decided not to go straight home and that we wanted to go on a small bike ride down a path by the park. That will lead us back to my house anyway. When we were unchaining our bikes from the bike racks, I noticed like a red Dodge Dakota across from the school. Just an FYI, we live in a pretty small town, so most of the kids who get picked up, we know of what cars they get into and what cars hang around the school at pickup time, as well as what cars the teachers and students own that drive themselves to school, or at least somewhat of an idea. But I usually didn't see that one, and it was probably like an hour and a half past the time school got out, but it could have been someone's relative picking them up or whatever, so I really didn't think much of that. We started biking towards our path, and after about five minutes, my friend told me the red truck was driving on the road Next to the sidewalk we were biking on, but it was a little behind us. I told her that it was probably fine, and a coincidence, and that they are probably going home or live around here, so we kept going. But he didn't stop. After about 10 more minutes of him still following us, then I started to get a little concerned. We ended up continuing until we got to a gas station, because then at least there would be people around. Unless of a chance of something happening So we parked our bikes and went in We grabbed drinks And a snack To not make it look odd that we were in there But while we were in there I called my brother to come get us And that there was someone following us He told us he would be right there And to just stay inside So we did We paid for our snacks And told the cashier about it And she let us just sit there Until my brother came My brother pulled in and so we walked out to get our bikes. When we couldn't find them, we looked around and saw the red truck pulled behind the gas station with our bikes right next to it. The man that was driving it was looking right at us. We went and told my brother. He said, forget about the bikes and get in the car. So we did. My brother got out of the car and went into the gas station to get the employee, and while he was doing that, the man sped off out the back parking lot of the gas station. When my brother came out, he said that the gas station worker was going to check back the cameras and see if she can get a license plate to give it to the police, and that my brother gave her our mom's information for any updates. We both made it home safe. I'll keep y'all updated when we find out more.
2: Looking for even more disturbed Join us on Patreon for ad-free listening, shout-outs, and Disturbing Calls bonus episodes at patreon.com slash disturbedpodcast. Apple users can subscribe to Disturbed Media Premium directly in the Apple Podcasts app.
4: This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Your brain is a funny thing. It has so much thinking and processing power for you to utilize at any given moment, but there are times when it can get in your way as well. Those racing thoughts at night when all you want to do is sleep. I struggle with this a lot. Sometimes we know what's best for ourselves, but still, we struggle to pull the trigger for a variety of reasons. Well it turns out a great way to make those racing thoughts go away is to talk about them with someone. Therapy is not just for people who've experienced major trauma. It helps you figure out what's holding you back, gets to the root of real issues, and keeps your mind in a peaceful place so you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. Look, there's tons of reasons why therapy can be a great option for you. You're listening to a horror story podcast right now, and maybe you've heard or experienced something similar that you've never addressed. Maybe now is the time. BetterHelp gives you the added benefit of being entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. The process is simple. Fill out a quick questionnaire and you'll get matched with a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com D-T-H-S today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com D-T-H-S. And remember, using our link helps support Disturbed.
0: Oh, oh, oh,
4: O'Reilly! Do you need parts?
1: O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people.
4: Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto parts.
5: Hi, Vanessa. Hi, Amy. And hi, Hi, true crime crime fans. fans. We're the co hosts of She Goes By Jane. Every week, we'll be covering the story of a missing or unidentified woman in the United States. Stories you may have heard before, and ones whose stories didn't make it into the news. We've been covering these stories for a while, first in Amy's book of poetry, Doe, and then in Vanessa's documentary, She. But now we want to share them with you here on She Goes By Jane. And each week, we'll be joined by a special guest who will read a poem in honor of the women we talk about. Can we say who? We can say who. We'll be joined by actresses like Coco Jones and Gabrielle Ruiz. And musicians like Stephanie Quayle and Kelly Moneymaker, along with authors like Louise Penny and Catherine McKenzie. So check out She Goes by Jane wherever you get your podcasts, or check out Evergreen Podcasts and their True Crime Channel, Killer Podcasts. We can't wait to bring you these stories.
1: You're listening to Disturbed. Now, back to the horror.
4: Next up, we have a listener voicemail from Kai, detailing some strange and powerful experiences. Hello, everyone out
0: there in podcast land. This is Kai, and I thought I would share some spooky happenings with you. I guess I've always been, I guess, shall we say, sensitive to such things, um, paranormal or hauntings or, um, psychic abilities, feelings, energy, that sort of thing, and I guess I've grown to embrace it because you go through a period in life and you try to push that away or think it's not happening or what have you, but when I look back, I see things, major accounts from when I was a very young child. And so I I remember the room in our house where me and my sister shared a bedroom. I'm younger than her. And I had just gotten out of the crib and into a twin bed. And um, so that put me at about, I guess, four, three, four, something like that. And I was asleep one night and her bed was across from mine. And I opened my eyes and saw a creature standing next to her bed underneath her window. And it had glowing green neon chartreuse eyes just beaming in the dark like a piercing malevolence. And it terrified me. Even now thinking about it, it's just very um, terrifying. I can still see it setting there, and it barely moved, and it was about three to four feet tall, maybe, it was a hunched down creature, it looked similar to a wolf, almost like in between one of those cartoon wolves from an old Three Little Pigs storybook that mixed with the reality of a a creature, just not a bit fun, (laughs) like a story, but and it just sat there, and I was terrified. I remember my heart racing. I remember wanting it to go away. I remember saying a prayer. I remember closing my eyes and saying, it's going to go away. It's going to go away. I felt scared to say anything. I knew my mother was just in the next room, but I could not bring myself to say anything for fear it would jump at me or something. I feel like a little kid going back to this memory right now. I said, oh, weird. I closed my eyes and squeezed them. For 10 minutes shut or more, I remember it. it was long, long. And I thought, when I open my eyes, when I open my eyes, when I open my eyes, it's going to be gone. And I slowly opened my eyes, and there across the room still beamed those neon eyes just glowing at me. And it's fierce mouth open with teeth. And I don't know how it it went away. I don't remember what happened after that. Um, I just remember it was very real. And I remember my sister saying later that she had an experience in the room about an angel that was over my bed when the bed was moved later to another side of the room. She said it was a male white angel looking at me sleeping. And that's creepy in itself, but it feels like the good and evil is there. And then this is weird. Also, me and my sister... Used to experience, it feels like these neon orbs or dots, always beams, always follow me. So when, I, same age frame, maybe five, six, not over seven or so, there were these thousands, millions, even of glowing neon dots that would float in the air, in like a wave or a river and they would go from one end of the room to the next and they were playful and you didn't feel a bit scared it was just beautiful and fun and like a playful spirit but we didn't really know what that was then we just thought it was wow this is unusual this is something that happens to everybody and she was experiencing too at first we weren't saying it to each other because we just kind of thought it was our own thing and our eyes were just i don't know Doing whatever they do uh, at that age, and we would just watch them in the dark, and and we ended up, you know, kind of talking about them. Do you see the dots tonight? Yeah. And then, oh, they're this color, they're that color. There would be all kinds of colors: neon pink. There'd be um, green, yellow, that chartreuse color, of the creatures' eyes, um, just all different colors: blue, purple. And sometimes they'd be solid, and then the other would be mixed. Um, it was just different. And we'd, I remember reaching up and out of the bed and touching them with my fingers, and they would separate as the wave went across the room and back again, and seeing them separate. I don't know when that ended. It just kind of faded, you know, um, as we got older. We just stopped talking about it. And I remember we never told my mother about that until years later and she kind of just shook it off but there's a weird thing between us and only us knowing as I, that was in the 80s as I think I said and so there was no way to really look anything up and well me living in the south you, you know there's a lot of southern spooky tales down this way but you know there's you, you don't tend to just say it to anybody especially at school and so forth um, you're trained you know to keep your place in that way uh, it was it's just bizarre to to think about years later recently even the past two years um, I was dating this um, guy who I thought was the circumstances surrounding us coming together was very magical almost in feeling we went to this church that was an old ancient church Um, in the mountains I'd never been to he knew where it was and it had baby graves and Indian graves outside it was just very beautiful and I remember the dark fell on us and you could see out in the woods and we were having our first kiss there near the altar of this outdoor shed church and he turned around and his back was against me and I was leaning up on the um, altar and we saw a round green orb floating almost from us around us and we watched it and we were both so scared to talk say anything. we're finally do you see said do you see that i said yes what is that and it just floated and it just went outside the shed and up into the woods and went away and so i don't know what that meant i thought for a while maybe it was meant to connect us um I don't know if it come from me. I don't know if it come from a spirit in the woods or from one of those graves or I don't know what. But we kind of just took it as we were meant to be together. Sadly, that wasn't to come to fruition. It seems, but some connection was there because about a year from that point, we went up to a um, rock, jump off rock, and it was a beautiful day. This lady was taking pictures never met her before in my life we were kind of just hugging and looking out of the distance and she took a picture of the sunset and everything and us there and in the photograph she said she ran up she said i've got the greatest photo of you two. And Oh really thank you and she said can i send it to you and i said yes and she sent it to me this woman i'd never met don't even know where she went who she was and she sent it and as we, she left and we looked closer, through the photo, there were the floating green orbs. It just makes hair stand up. Greenish yellow orbs are following me, I guess, but I don't know if anybody's ever had such experiences of the little tiny dots or any of that, but I thought I'd put it out there to see if I'm not alone. Recently, I broke up with my boyfriend of two years very sad situation, obviously. And it comes as a major surprise. It was almost like he was suddenly acting different. Like, it was an energy. It just felt very strange and even a little scary, I'll be honest. The change that was there. Where I work now is a, um, I work at an inn. It's a historic inn that has ghost happenings there and all of that. It's very known. I woke up in the night, I was sleeping in my bed at home, and there was a woman standing, a young lady, she was kind of pudgy, pretty but pudgy, a menacing look, standing by my closet with blonde hair pulled back in a low ponytail and tendrils of hair on each side of her face. And it looked as though she was wearing a sleeveless dress or an old pinafore with patches, pink green patches on it and I had opened my eyes and she lunged at me with her mouth open and then lunged at me and I screamed and um, clicked on the light and obviously there was nothing there and I was telling my friend about that saying this happened to me, Um, we got into talking and that's where I revealed that about the dots. Well the next day at work at the inn I was speaking about um, in a gift art shop a lady comes in a turn from the counter and she has this struck look on her, her face and it was morning and I noticed her hair was blonde and it was pulled back in a ponytail with tendrils on each side of her face and she was older than the woman the little young girl that I'd seen and this woman had a, she had a um sleeveless dress on and she come right up to me there were other people there Um, she come up to me and this haunted look on her face and she said "Um, I had this strange thing happen to me last night just after midnight she said I don't know why but I got out of bed and she said I never do this I don't believe in anything like this and I got up and went to the window in my bedroom my hotel room and all of a sudden these Green orbs were coming through the window, and she thought, "Is it a car light reflecting on something? I don't know." And she, and she said, she looked at everything, and she said, "They just come through the window, and um, floated around her and up through the room and back out the window. It disappeared, and she said she just stood there frozen. She didn't know what they meant. I don't know how to explain what all of this feels like." um I was just frozen i couldn't tell, talk I, I didn't want to tell her because i had this feeling if i did some that she might think what are you talking about i'm not the woman that you saw it was almost like it was her as a young girl i, I don't know or or was she even real the woman in in the in the art gift shop i, I didn't know um and this just happened i don't know what's happened lately um my boyfriend broke up with me. He's acting different. Almost, I just swear something is different about him within him, and I, I don't know what's happened. I don't know what's going on lately. I know all this is connected in some way. It's so weird because I don't feel negative around me. I feel almost like somehow something is warding it off, warding it all away from me. I don't know how to explain it. But something's happening. something has happened, and I just know that there's more to come You're
4: listening to Disturbed. And we close out the show hearing from Reddit user Pumpkin Pie 6848. Featuring voice work by Sarah Thomas. And we have a run-in with the Bicycle Man.
2: This story happened a while ago, but it still messes with my mind. Side note, I live in a quiet countryside where there's usually nothing happening. I'm an 18-year-old girl who can easily walk around my hometown alone without being scared because it's really safe here. Basically, no crimes. So, as usual, me and my dog went for a walk one evening. It was nice weather outside, so I decided to go for a nearby field. I usually let my dog off her leash there, so it's fun for both of us. She's a nice dog and always comes when I call for her. We get to the field, and everything is going really, really well, and nothing seems off. Except, I have this kind of odd feeling in my gut that I never usually have. The last time I had this same feeling was when I was eight years old and we were driving at night with my family. I had the same feeling then and I told it to my parents. I feel like something is wrong. You should be careful. I said something like that. They slowed down because I was oddly serious at the moment. A minute after I said it, a deer came out of nowhere and we would have crushed it if we had gone by the same speed as a minute before. We were all shocked and my mom thanked me. I still remember it like it was yesterday. However, in the field, 10 years later, I get the same gut feeling. Whatever, I think, and keep going, completely ignoring it. We roll around the fields in a nearby forest until the sun starts to set. I put my dog back on her leash and decide to leave from one of the tiny paths that go through a small forest. It's the quickest way to my home. It's not a popular way to go, but it's quick. As I'm walking along that path, I suddenly spot a silhouette in the end of the road, just before the forest starts. I think nothing of it at that point and just keep walking. But after just a little while, I have a strong gut feeling and stare at the silhouette for a while. It's then that I notice that the silhouette is staring at me without moving. I just think that maybe they were waiting for someone, because at first the silhouette looked like a child's. But as I got closer, I noticed that it wasn't a child, but a grown man who was riding a child's bicycle. It was a blue-green boy's bicycle. His legs were way too long for it, and his whole body looked like he was forcing himself to ride it. It was a really unsettling sight. Still, my dumbass didn't want to turn around and have a couple of kilometers waste of time. And even though it was creepy looking, I still thought, Maybe he's waiting for someone that comes from my way. But every step I take, he follows me with this intense expression. I'm only like 20 meters away from him when he starts to do weird jumps on his bike, smiling the ugliest and most unsettling smile I've ever seen, just staring at me with wide eyes. He kind of looks like he was expecting something and is so excited about it that he needs to jump. He looks like he's in his 50s or something. Very long and thin legs and arms. Bald and that creepy, unsettling smile. That's when my alarm goes off. I glanced behind me and no one was there. It was just me, an 18-year-old, small girl, and her fluffy, definitely not a guard dog. I turn around 360 degrees and start to jog where I came from, just in case. I glanced at him and sighed in relief when I noticed he wasn't following me or anything. I thought that maybe he wasn't waiting for me after all, and I called myself stupid and scaredy-cat. I was so wrong. My adrenaline starts to slow down again as I'm in the middle of the fields, and I still see no sign of him following me. I let my dog off of her leash again, and she starts to run around. I'm nearly at the end of the field. I only have a kilometer or so before I get to my home after the field part. When my dog spots a rabbit or a deer or something interesting and flies towards it, I panic because she has never done that before and I yell for her. I yell plenty of times for her, loudly, and finally she comes back. I'm relieved that nothing happened to her, but as I put her back on her leash, I notice something from the corner of my eye. The freaking bald dude with long legs is biking towards me. He's not looking at the ground when he bikes, but at me. Freaked out wasn't enough to express my feelings in that moment. I have never seen a human who looks so crazy. More than crazy. What surprised me the most was that he was biking through a field, and I can tell you it's not an easy field to even walk through sometimes. It has muddy ponds that you need to jump over, but that psycho just biked through them. He was struggling a lot to bite through there, but somehow managed to still do it. I didn't watch for another second behind me because I just started running. I ran so freaking full speed, and I have asthma, that I saw black and nearly collapsed. My lungs hurt so badly that I thought I was dying, but the adrenaline kept my blood running and my legs running too. Once I glanced behind me and he was there, struggling badly to keep up his full speed on the field grounds with that ugly smile and the way too little bike. After that, I just ran like crazy until I found a house and hid in their yard without even minding that I was in someone else's yard. It didn't matter to me in that moment at all. I waited a while with my breathing stuck in my throat, but he didn't come. I was planning to yell as loudly as I could if he found me, but he never did. At some point, the adrenaline started leaving my system and I left my hiding spot. I ran again until I reached an area which had multiple people in their yards so I would have help if I saw him again, but I didn't. I typed 911 into my phone but couldn't bring myself to call. Mostly because I had no proof and I didn't want my parents to find out because they are way overprotective, so I probably wouldn't get to leave my house anymore. I still live with them, side note. I've been paranoid after this incident. My dog was frightened too. I guess she noticed something was really off. I swear to God that I will always, always listen to my gut when it's telling me something from now on. I'm still scared of him. I've expected to randomly spot him in some area and have thought about what he could have done to me. I can't forget his awful smile. I feel like he's going to jump on my window one night and do what he wants to me. I feel paranoid and helpless and I'm still thinking about calling the police.
3: Follow our social channels on Facebook and Instagram at Disturbed Podcast and on Twitter at Disturbed underscore pod.
4: Thanks to our sponsor, BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash DTHS to get 10% off your first month of online therapy. A big shout-out to our newest Plus members, Jenny D, Sarah Hampton, Ben Kenner, Isabel Martinez, and Melissa Mitchell. If you enjoyed the show, please consider joining Plus at disturbedpodcast.com Plus. But if you can't, you can leave a positive rating and review on your favorite listening platform. Share your own true horror story at disturbedpodcast.com. Music by Carl Casey at Whitebat Audio and Co. AG, and don't forget to stay safe and spooky out there, y'all.